0: Good morning. I'm going to invite you all to please stand and join us, and let's sing together.
1: Who am I that you are mindful of?
2: children's song that says, um, Jesus loves me, this I know. But there's another way you can say that. Jesus knows me, this I love. And uh, I like both of those. Thank you for being here today. It's good to see you. Uh, Appreciate you being here on this uh, last Sunday in September. Someone uh, had put uh, on social media yesterday, Uh, that it being the the 24th that we're just a we're just a few weeks away from Christmas Eve now Uh, so um, hey you know uh, let me warn you because it always catches us off guard Christmas is on December 25th this year okay Uh, so don't let it catch you off guard it usually does but it's on December 25th this year if you need to start your shopping thank you again for being here I hope that you picked up a bulletin on the way in uh, all the announcements there are very important for you. I uh, hope that you'll take the opportunity to read through it. And uh, if there's some things that pertain to you that, uh, that uh, you'll be involved in or want to be involved in, you'll make note of those things. One of them I just want to call your attention to is uh, the Locust uh, Fall Festival that's coming up. We do it every single year. On Halloween, October thirty first, from six until eight p.m., and we always do that at the Locust Parks and Rec Ballfields is where we uh, we have done that about seven years ago. Um, first Baptist led the way in that we had all these churches doing their own little fall festivals on their properties, and and uh, we just, we said, why don't we just go talk to these other churches and see if we all want to come together and do one big fall festival for the entire community. So we began seven years ago doing that. Uh, Last year, we quit, we we stopped counting it at 4,500 people uh, that had come in. So we know there were more than 4,500 that showed up. We just don't know how many more. And we're anticipating another large crowd this year. Uh, We have 42 vendors that show up, and so it's a big event. And we here's where we need your help. This year, we're going to be having a community prayer tent there at, uh, on, on the uh, site of the Locust Fall Festival. And so we're asking our different churches to have three men and three ladies that would volunteer to work in that prayer tent. And just as people come in and come by and they have prayer needs, you pray with them. That's all we're doing. Uh, if they are... Uh, If they're asking questions about uh, salvation and wanting to know Christ, then, of course, we'll we'll share that information with them. But the primary purpose of that tent is just to be there to pray with the people in our community that have burdens. So if you would be willing to help, uh, whether it's for 30 minutes or an hour, it's a two-hour event. Uh, If you're willing to help the entire time, whatever it may be, uh, we'd appreciate your help. So we need three ladies, three men. Also, uh, setting up 42 vendors... Uh, on a, in an area that's uh, very compact is quite an ordeal, so we need help. Uh, any volunteers that we may have that can be there uh, from somewhere between 3 and 6 p.m. to help us get the vendors in and get them set up, we'd appreciate any help that you can give us on that. So a big event coming up in about a month. Any help you can give, we'd appreciate it very much. I see you, Jerry. I see where you're sitting back there. Jerry said, don't look for me in the front. I'm going to start sitting different places every Sunday. So now instead of where's Waldo, I play where's Jerry and, uh, and look for him. Uh, one other thing, it's not in your bulletin, but I want to make sure that you know about. Uh, I don't know that uh, everyone knows this. So I want to make sure you know this, uh, that we have this, that... We have a family in our church that's decided to help us grow our church, and so uh, they're going to have a new baby, and uh, that's coming up in February. And that's Zach and Courtney Flannery. So congratulations to them. Now the Ross Almond clan—we've already done our part. We got a new baby down in the nursery now. Maddox is. uh, uh, is at church today, so we we've we've done our part, and and I'll take I'm gonna take credit for that because the mother, the the mother, the mother, came from my my side of the family. Okay, all right, so I'm gonna help take credit for that.
0: You tell them, Megan.
2: Y'all didn't hear? Her. She said I did the work. <laughs> yes, you did, darling. Yes, you did. But uh, we're, we're, it's just so exciting when we have uh, children in the church. We have new babies in the church. That is that's signs of life, and uh, and it's just so awesome to be able to uh, to have that. So uh, congratulations, Zach, Courtney. Uh, we're we're excited for you guys. We're gonna take just a moment to pray together, uh, and then I believe, yes. Clarify Wednesday evening. I'm sorry.
0: The Christmas rehearsal starts at 7:30. A music ministry rehearsal is all encompassing. Band is at six. Praise team is at 6:30, and the choir is at 7:30.
2: It's, it's at 7. Yeah, that's a that's a typographical error. And uh, I, I apologize. Thank you for calling that to my attention, Brother Ken, because I didn't even notice it. Adult Bible study is at 7 o'clock on Wednesday nights, not 6 o'clock. So thank you, Brother. I appreciate you catching that. We'll make sure we get that corrected. Well, let's take just a moment to pray together, and then uh, I believe we've got some special music. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for allowing us to be in this house of worship today. Thank you for every person that's in this room. We know, Lord, that um, none of us are here by accident, but that each of us have a divine appointment with you to be in this place. Lord, long before this day ever came about on the calendar, you knew exactly who would be sitting in this room on this date at this time. So, Lord, we're not here by accident. We're not here by coincidence, but, Lord, we're here because we have an appointment with you. And we pray, Lord, that as we have gathered in this place today, that your divine will is going to be carried out, that everything that we do, from the words we say to the songs we sing to the people we meet and fellowship with, that everything that we do is going to bring honor and glory to the name of Jesus, because it is that name and that name only that brings about salvation. Lord, you tell us in your word that it is only through the name of Jesus that we can be saved and know we have forgiveness from God. So Lord, I just I just prayed that today you would be glorified and exalted in what we do. We thank you, oh God, for the opportunity to gather in person in this place. We know, Lord, that there's several of our church that are battling COVID right now. There's others in the community that are battling it as well. And, Lord, we pray for those individuals. We ask you to touch their bodies, to bring healing, to bring health uh, to them, to protect those around them from contracting that virus. And, Lord, we just pray that they'll have a speedy recovery. And, God, today we, we we just open ourselves up to you. We want our hearts to be open toward heaven so that whatever it is that you have for us today, whatever you want to show us, Whatever you want to tell us, whatever you want to say to us, we hear you. That all those things of this past week that that they were Lord they just they they still bother us that they happened. And Lord they they still tug at us. We we pray God that we'll be able to set those things aside right now. And then Lord all those things that are in the week to come that are already Lord we're dreading those things are already calling for our attention and we, we're looking at them, and, and Lord, I just pray that even now, we'll be able to set that aside, that for this little while, you'll have our undivided attention. Help us to hear you. Help us to, to, to feel your touch upon our life, so that we'll leave here changed, because we've been in your presence. Guide us today is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Tommy, stay up here, please. We're going to make you sing with us. Wanda? I got to sing? Yeah,
2: you're going to sing with us. Oh, no, <laughs> no. Babies cry, dogs bark, gas prices go up. You don't want me singing, I promise you that. No, you have to sing with me. No. I'd... <laughs> I'd like to uh, y'all
3: forgive me, I have to put my glasses on. I'm I'm old now. <laughs> I can't see without what them. What do you about
2: us with glasses? <laughs>
3: Well, you know, I had them for a long time, and then I had my eyes fixed. Now I got them back again. All right. Acts 20 describes a pastor as being very humble but strong and courageous, alert and prayerful, sets an example for others to follow, faithfully teaches the gospel of Jesus Christ from the whole counsel of God, and is content with the support that God provides. First Peter 5:2 says, "A pastor, Shepherds the flock of God, which is among you, serving as an overseer, not by compulsion, but willingly. <laughs> not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, not as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory." that does not fade away as a member of the personnel committee for this upcoming year now well, I got elected to this but we would be remiss if on part of the personnel committee and the deacons we did not recognize Tommy some of you may not know but he's been with us 10 years yesterday Ten years. <laughs> the 24th was his 10 year anniversary and on behalf of that, because this is a milestone anniversary, we would like to present you and Rhonda with this gift of our appreciation. Well,
2: thank you very we much. We love you. We <laughs> love you, too. Appreciate you. Now and, you not soon. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Th- thank you for letting me hang out with you for 10 years. Um, You have put up with uh, my nonsense and my mistakes, and I appreciate that. Uh, I look forward to, let's see, how old am I? I got at least about 12 more years before I can retire. So if y'all will let me, I would love to hang around here at least for those 12. Uh, That way I don't have to move my furniture anymore, and I appreciate that very much. But thank you. I appreciate it.
4: Jesus cared for those who experienced suffering. He offered kindness in the form of a healing touch before sharing the hope for a better eternal future that only he could promise. As his followers, North Carolina Baptists are called to do the same. Your gifts to the North Carolina Missions Offering support a number of medical mission opportunities here in our state and around the world. Whether serving on a mobile dental or health screening unit, Providing care after a disaster, or traveling overseas to serve those who rarely receive quality health care, Medical Missions is about letting people know they have not been forgotten by the one who created them. But you don't have to travel around the world to share the love of Christ in word and deed. When a church or organization utilizes one of our mobile units, they have an opportunity to host a local mission project right in their own community. On these units, volunteer drivers, hosts, dental and health professionals all share their skills and expertise to provide physical care to underserved members of the community at no cost to the patient. Through these ministries, your gifts to the North Carolina Missions offering enable us to answer Christ's call to meet the physical and spiritual needs of hurting people. Thank you for helping us offer relief for today and hope for tomorrow. May we pray
2: together. Heavenly Father, we come this morning thanking you for the privilege of being here. We pray especially for those in Sunday school who ask for prayer. Blessed Father. Bless be to your will. Bless this church and the mission community. And we thank thee for the funds that are coming in that we may conti- continue to bless you through this community, state, and in even the, the nation. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We pray this in the sweet, sweet name of Jesus. Amen.
0: singing. You may be seated.
2: Well, thank you for your good singing. It is good to see you here today. Thank you so much for being a part of our our time of worship today. I want to invite you to join me in the book of 1 John, 1 John chapter number 1. Last week we had a wonderful homecoming and I want to say thank you to all of our uh, kitchen and fellowship crew that worked so hard uh, to make that happen and served everybody. Thank you for that. And I want to say thank you for what you did this past Friday. We had a a very large funeral, a very large family that we were feeding. And uh, it was a little bit more than uh, our group that generally handles that could do by themselves. And so the plea for help went out, and man, did you respond. And uh, thank you so much to all of you who uh, prepared food and brought it for the family. Uh, thank you for what you've, you, you have done. You ministered to that family on Friday Friday. But I want to tell you what else you did. You ministered to that group of ladies that normally have to do that themselves. And uh, so thank you for what you did. And for all those who served, we had such a great team of people here uh, serving the food and working in the kitchen. Thank you guys so much uh, for what you did this past Friday. Uh, You know, I was thinking as I was sitting on the front pew and and, uh, hitting that 10-year mark, um, we're getting ready to do... The 71st funeral in those 10 years. 71 funerals in those 10 years. We have said goodbye to some of the greatest, finest saints of God that I know of over these past 10 years. And while it is such an honor to be able to serve First Baptist Church for 10 years, it breaks my heart. Just to know how many of our people uh, we have lost during that time. Now, granted, uh, they're they're going on to be with Jesus in glory, and we praise God for that. Uh, but we sure miss them here. We sure miss them here. First John chapter number one. Today, uh, I introduced to you a couple of weeks ago, uh, prior to our homecoming, that we're starting a new series called "Me to We." H- how do we how do we go from being that? that single born-again believer trying to make your way through this world and, and live in honor of, of Christ? How do we go from being that, that single person struggling to do that to being part of a biblical community? And we're going to, to dive into 1 John chapter 1 today, and we're going to be looking at the very foundation of biblical community. In other words... For, for us to go from me to we, there's some, there some things foundationally that have to be in place. And so we're going to look at that today. 1 John chapter 1, beginning in verse number 1, the Bible says, What was from the beginning what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And the life was manifested and we've seen it and we testify and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. What we have seen and heard we proclaim to you also, so that you may have fellowship with us, that's biblical community, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ, which is biblical community. So let's pray together. Our Father and our God, thank you for your word that is living, it is truth, it is able to transform us, to change us, to mold us and to shape us, and Lord, you have said in your own word that your word will never return void it 's going to accomplish exactly what it was sent out to accomplish, and so Lord, today, I pray that you help us to hear your word, that your word will accomplish in us what it was sent to accomplish. I pray, Lord, that for those who are struggling in their Christian walk, for those who are who who are teetering on that edge, Lord, I pray that today will be a day of encouragement. Today will be a day when you call them into that biblical community that you want them to be a part of. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. And we ask you now, Lord, to speak to us, which is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Biblical community, very simply put, is a body of born-again believers living in harmonious relationship with one another and with Jesus. It is that harmonious relationship. So the very foundation of biblical community is relationship. It is you and I, as believers... Whether we we know each other well or not, but it's you and I, if you are a born-again child of God, you're a believer and a follower of Jesus, as I am, it is you and I building a relationship together. And in that relationship, building up biblical community. But it's it goes further than that. It's not just our relationship with one another. It is a, a relationship we have with, with Jesus. In fact, you can't have biblical community without Jesus in the middle of it. He's the one that brings about biblical community. Now, we can have a relationship with each other outside of church. We can know each other, be friends with each other. We can uh, do things together and go places together and enjoy each other's company. But biblical, re- biblical community can only take place when Jesus is in the middle of it. Our relationship with Him leading to our relationship with each other. John opens his first epistle, this letter, by identifying that common foundation that unites all of us together as believers in that relationship. And that's, what I th- that's where we have to start. There are so many believers today trying to make it on their own. They're, they're disconnected from the body of Christ, the, the church. They're disconnected from other believers except to, for a casual connection. There's, they're really not in a biblical community, and they're trying to do life on their own. And, and I want to tell you, in today's culture, that's a struggle. That's just a struggle to, to live out your Christian faith when you're trying to do it all on your own. But that was never the way... That Jesus intended for us to do that. He intended for his followers to live in relationship with each other and in biblical community. In fact, whenever uh, Jesus began his ministry here on earth, what was the very first thing he did? But to gather a group of people together that he could build a relationship with. We call them the disciples. Disciples. And he began to build a relationship with those those men. And then those men, in the process of building a relationship with Jesus, built a relationship with each other. And they became a biblical community. Because he understood that had he just called one disciple, that that one disciple would have struggled throughout their time, being pulled by the culture, being... Uh, Being pressured by those around them to step away from that relationship with Jesus. I believe that's why so many believers today fall away in their faith. It's not that they've lost their salvation, they're still saved by grace. They've given their they've given their life to Jesus. They have repented of their sins. He has forgiven them. He has birthed them into the family of God, but but now they 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 find themselves struggling because they've isolated themselves in their Christian walk. They're trying to do it in their own strength. They're trying to do it in their in, in their own uh, their own way and they need other believers. So what John does understanding that the foundation of biblical community is is our, our relationship with Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, he He tells us that there's three key components to that relationship, to that foundation that need to be in place. Now, can I stop here for just a second? Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of an odd duck in that God does some of his best work with me when I'm on a lawnmower. Now <laughs> don't laugh. Some of you, he does his best work with you when you're out hoeing in the garden or pulling weeds and working in your flowers and stuff like that. So don't, don't laugh at me for that. But that, that's where he does his best work with me. When I'm, it's just me and my, my earbuds listening to my Christian music and I'm riding in circles out on the, on the front lawn. That's where God does his best work for me. And yesterday, I had that privilege of mowing my grass. It finally rained enough where I could do it. Hallelujah. Amen. So as I was doing that, and I was thinking about the message that was coming up this morning, God began to speak to me, and he said, You know, Tommy, there's, there's, there's something that I, I think needs to be pointed out. We're always talking about, and and, and rightly so, it's not, it's not poor language, it's not, uh, it's not phrasing it in a bad way, but we talk about, do you know Jesus? And, And that's, that's a legitimate question. Do you know Jesus? But yesterday, as I'm making those circles in my front lawn, you know what God said to me? A better question is, does Jesus know you? And, and here's where, where, I, where he brought that from. When he said that there would be those on, in the last day that he separates to the left and to the right. In Matthew chapter 7 even, he talks about those that stand before him. And he says, not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. In other words, they know who Jesus is. They know him. And he said, uh, he's, they're going to start reading the resume. Lord, did we not cast out demons in your name? And did we not do this and that in your name? And this and that in your name? And then here's what he's going to, he said, here's what he's going to say. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. What? I never knew you. So the question today is not just, do you know Jesus? But does he know you? You would say, Tommy, that's a, that's a ludicrous question question because he knows everybody. I mean, he's, he's God incarnate. He, he has all knowledge. He has all wisdom. He has all understanding. But that, that question is not, does he know who you are? But does he know you as his own? So that foundation must be a relationship with Jesus. Here, here's what I know in, in, in reading this passage of Scripture. The first key component of that foundation of that relationship is that our relationship must be personal. It has to be a personal relationship. I, I can't help but notice that intimate language that John uses to describe his relationship with Jesus here. Let's, listen to what he says, which was from the beginning. We've heard it. He's part of the group. He's saying, I and others, I have heard, I have seen, handled with my hands the word of life. It was manifested and I have seen it and now I am testifying and proclaiming to you the eternal life which was from the Father was manifested to us. I'm I'm part of that group. And what we have seen and what we've heard, we proclaim to you so that you may have fellowship with us. Do you hear that personal language that he's using in this passage of scripture? He's in a personal relationship with Jesus. We in this verse is speaking of the disciples of Jesus that who lived and walked with him during his earthly ministry, but he's part of the we. He's saying I'm I and and some others have seen some things and we've heard some things and we've touched some things and we've we've been a part of things and experienced things that were real that were life changing that were life altering and we want you to to have that same relationship so that you can have joy and fellowship with us. He describes their relationship with Jesus as being very, very personal. You see, that's that's where we we begin because it goes back to not do I know Jesus, but does Jesus know me? Do I have that personal relationship with Him? There's people that I know of, but that I don't know. I know of the president, I I know of the governor, I I know of different athletes, but they don't know me. That's the question. Is not do I know of Jesus, not that do I know who he is. But do I have a personal relationship with him in such a way that he looks at me and he says, that person is, is, is with me. That's my disciple. That man, that woman, that young boy, that young girl, it's not just that they know me, but I know them as my disciple. I have a personal relationship with them. And so that foundation for biblical for biblical community begins with a very personal relationship, and so it's not just that we must have that personal relationship with, with with Jesus, but we must have that personal relationship with each other. That's what community is. It's you and I doing life together, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's us walking together through the, the highs of life and walking together through the lows of life. It's it's you and I leaning upon each other when we're weak. And it's you and I helping each other when we're strong. It's, it's that personal relationship with Christ that results in a personal relationship with other believers. Now, we may bond with other other believers over a hobby... I know we've, we've got people that like to fish. We've got others who like to hunt. Some who like to play golf. Some like to read. Some, some like to just, just hang out with family. So there's different things that we all may call our hobbies. We may even bond with each other over a common like or dislike. You may love chocolate ice cream as much as I do. And if you don't, something's wrong with you, okay? Amen. Amen. We may even have a common disposition that bonds us together or a common belief that bonds us together, but that bond will never stand the test of time. It will never stand the test of disagreement. It will never stand the test of different goals. The bond that, the bond that we, we have has to go deeper than just liking the same thing. It has to go deeper than with, we're just part of the same church. It has to go deeper than, well, we like the same sports team or, or we pull for the, uh, the same athletes. It, it has to go deeper than that. It, that, that bond has to be a personal relationship that we have together because we have a personal relationship with Jesus. Think of the bond you once had with people or friends you went to high school or college with. Odds are that for many of those people, you, you don't have that bond with them now. Maybe you're, maybe you're fortunate. Maybe you do. Maybe you had a, a strong friendship that you found in, in high school or in college, and, and, and maybe there's still a, a, a relationship there. But for the most part, the people that you had relationships then, you don't have relationships with now. Think of the bond you used to have with former coworkers or neighbors. People you used to work with, people you used to live beside. Maybe, maybe you still have contact with them, but for the most part, most of us don't. For most of us, the majority of our close relationships that we had then begin to fade with time and distance, but our relationship with Jesus must be personal. And our relationship with, with other believers must be personal, it doesn't, so that it doesn't matter whether we stay in the same church or whether we live in the same community or whether we still work in the same place, that we keep that relationship strong together. There are brothers in Christ that I know that I've known for years now and years now that I know that if my back's against the wall, all I've got to do is pick up a phone and there are some brothers in Christ that I have built those relationships with, they're going to come running they're going to pray with me when i need to be prayed for they're going to serve with me when i need to be served alongside of they're they're going to be there because the relationship goes so much deeper than just knowing each other but because they love jesus and they're growing in their relationship with jesus and because i know jesus and i'm building my relationship with jesus we bond together on a deeper level So you see, that relationship must be personal. Otherwise, we just become a group of disassociated believers who only have a cursory knowledge of Jesus and a cursory knowledge of each other. And that's the opposite of biblical community. There's a second component that I want to touch on real quick. That, that relationship doesn't only need to be personal. It needs to be proclaimed. The, the, North, the, the, the New American Standard version of Scripture that I read from just a moment ago uses the words testify and proclaim. But if you're reading it from the King James Version, here's what your version says. Bear witness and show. And, and it means the same thing. Both translations... T- translations are pointing us in the exact same direction our personal relationship with Jesus and our relationship with each other is something that we should proclaim to the world in other words don't be ashamed to be a follower of Jesus I know it's not popular listen I know it's it's something that 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 gets ridiculed and I understand it's something that gets mocked in today's society, but don't be ashamed to proclaim that I am a follower of Jesus and not only that, but I am a member of his church. I have fellowship with other believers. I have relationship with other believers. I'm not talking about a perfect church. I'm not talking about where a church where everybody thinks alike and does the same things because there is no such church. But I'm talking about a church where where the believers come together and in unity and in, in harmonious relationship with one another, we praise the King together. Don't be ashamed to proclaim that you are a friend of God. Don't be afraid to proclaim in word and in deed that you are a part of his church. Let that be something that because of that personal relationship you're proud of. I want to tell you something. I'll tell anyone any day. I am proud to be married to Rhonda Ross. I'm married up when I got hitched to that woman. I did. My stock soared that day. And some of you guys, yours did too. I know my son in law's did. <laughs> I was picking on her, I got to pick on you. But you see, it's that intimate relationship that makes us proud to proclaim I have a relationship with that person. I'm proud to tell people I'm part of First Baptist Church of Locust. I'm proud to tell people that. No, we're not a perfect church. No, we don't have everything together. Yeah, we got issues. Who doesn't? But I'm proud to be a part of First Baptist Church of Locust. I'm proud to be your pastor, and I'm proud to be your brother in Christ, and I'm proud to be a part of what God's doing in your life. You see, folks, we should be willing to proclaim that relationship. reading a a post on social media the other day about a a particular gospel singer that's coming to one of the local churches in our area and someone put this long post in there about so-called southern baptist churches that don't welcome everybody into their doors and not everybody can worship there and uh, if, if you don't vote a certain party and carry a gun and you don't, you don't have the flag flying from your bumper, then you, you can't attend that church and things like that. And and I, I had to get on there. I'm sorry. I had to. I said, you know what? I pastor a church. And we don't care what you vote. We really don't. I, 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 don't, I don't need to know whether you're Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Independent, or whatever you are. That's not what binds us together, is how we vote. I, it doesn't matter to me whether you own a gun or not. That's not what binds us together. And it bothers me if you point it at me, but it, it, I don't, it doesn't matter if you've got a gun or not. It doesn't matter whether you fly the flag from your bumper or not. Here's what I told them. We don't condone any sin because we're all sinners. But we don't condemn any sinners because we're all one. But here's what we do. We exalt the name of Jesus Christ above every name. And anyone who wants to come in and sit on a pew and exalt Jesus with us on any given day, let them come on in. I don't care what color their skin is. I don't, I don't care what their party affiliation is. I don't care what their lifestyle is. I don't care what they did yesterday. I don't care where they live. It doesn't matter. Our relationship that we build together is built upon our relationship with Jesus Christ. And that bonds us together as a family. We don't condone any sin. But we don't condemn any sinner. Not our job. Nobody's ever going to have to stand in front of Tommy Ross and give an account for their life. You'll never have to do that. But all of us, we're going to have to stand before Jesus and give an account for our life. That relationship needs to be proclaimed. It's not enough to say we have relationship. Our life needs to bear testimony, bear witness to that relationship. One last thing. Our relationship must be protected. It must be personal. It must be proclaimed. It must be protected. Look with me again in in verse number 3. Why is it that John wants the people that read this letter to know the Jesus that he knows? Here's what he says. So that you may have fellowship with us. And indeed our fellowship is with the Father and His Son Jesus Christ These things we write so that our joy may be made complete. Two key words in those verses, fellowship and complete. Fellowship is spoken of by John. It goes so much deeper than just eating a meal together. It it, it goes into biblical community. You see, we never truly fellowship with each other until we have a relationship with each other. We may sit down at a table together. We may break bread together. we, We may talk together, but we'll never have fellowship until we do life together. Biblical fellowship is found when we do life with Jesus and we do life with each other. Our relationship with Jesus is that day-in, day-out relationship. And so should it be with other believers. That kind of fellowship has to be intentional. And that kind of fellowship has to be fiercely protected. It's too easy to fall away. It's too easy to... Get out of the habit. You see, life gets busy and life gets hectic and our schedule gets full and life gets tough. And in those times, if we don't protect our relationship with Jesus and we don't protect our relationship with other believers, we begin to fall away from those relationships. And John also says that our relationship is protected in order that our joy may be full. That's why we protect our relationship with each other. Listen, don't let something else be the reason you stay out of church. Let church be the reason you stay out of something else. Protect it. Protect it. Why, Tommy? It's just all we're going to do is sing a few songs. We're going to listen to you holler and shout. And then we're going to go home and eat chicken. What's the big deal? Because we need each other. That's the big deal. The greatest part of church is not just what takes place up here on this platform but one of the greatest things about church is what takes place in the in the aisles and in the foyers and in the parking lots when we're we're praying with each other and we're talking to each other and we're checking up on each other and we're 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 being personal with one another that's where the greatest part of church takes place. And it's very difficult to live in a perfect joy unless You protect that relationship that we have. Otherwise, we just become disillusioned, discouraged, dissatisfied, and we fall away. If I pray and the answer is no or not now, I have to fight to keep myself from pulling away from Jesus. But if another believer comes alongside of me and says, Look, I love you and I'll continue to pray with you and I'll continue to pray for you. And I'll walk with you in this situation. Then suddenly it becomes easier to walk that Christian life. I must protect my relationship from falling victim to my fleshly nature. Talking to a youth minister through text yesterday, who told me about a pastor who was, how did he put it, association hurt. Something had happened within the association. He became disappointed, a little bit disillusioned, has kind of pulled himself back. Can I tell you something? That's going to happen in, your, in, in any church you go to. I'd love to tell you that if you become part of a church, you're always going to be happy. You're always going to be satisfied. You're always going to just have a joyful time when you're part of it. I wish I could tell you that, but it's not. Because you know why? It's filled with imperfect people. Anybody ever here said something that no sooner than you said it, you wish you could take it back? I did first thing this morning when I got up here on this platform and took credit for my my, my grandbaby. <laughs> we do that, don't we? Because we're imperfect. But when we protect a relationship, here's what we say. I love you in spite of the fact that you disappointed me. I love you in spite of the fact That what you said or did, whether you meant to or not, it hurt me. I love you in spite of the fact. And I will not throw the relationship away just because I've been hurt. I will protect that relationship. I pray that that's what that pastor does. Because that pastor says that, my relationship with these other pastors in this association is too important for me to throw away because I got my feelings hurt. Because I didn't like something that happened. Relationship is the foundation. It needs to be a personal relationship with Jesus and each other. It is it's to be proclaimed. Don't be ashamed. and it's to be protected. Just a moment, we're going to stand together, we're going to sing together. Now's the time we get to decide what we're going to do with what we just heard. We just read God's Word together. And whether you heard anything I said or not is irrelevant. Did you hear what God had to say today His Word? Now, what are you going to do with it? See, now you and I are accountable for it because we've heard it. My prayer is that if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm not asking if you're a member of the church. I'm not asking if you've been baptized. I'm not asking if you've taken communion. I'm asking, do you you know Jesus and does he know you personally? If not, then today's the day you begin that relationship. By repenting of your sin, understanding that that you are a sinner that can't save himself, and you need a Savior, and Jesus is that Savior. That I ask you to do. Maybe it's that you've kept your distance from others in this church at an arm's length. You've been hurt. You've been disillusioned. And, and I get it. We all have. And so you've kept, you've, you've kept other believers kind of at arm's length. I'll not get hurt again. I'll not let that happen again. Maybe today God's calling you to take a step closer and start rebuilding those relationships. And it may be that today you're you've you're one of those that's been hurt and you've been disappointed and you've been disillusioned by church. But today maybe God's calling you to protect that relationship that you have with his bride, the church, by not letting anything, including you, get in the way of that relationship. This is going to be our time to make that those decisions. If you want someone to pray with you or pray for you, I'm going to be it down front. I'll be glad to do that. Maybe you just want to stay right where you are and pray where you are. Whatever God leads you to do, now's the time to do it. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. It encourages us and builds us up. But, Lord, we've got to confess, sometimes it just kind of cuts across the grain of our life. And it hurts a little bit. It gets a little sore and raw in those places where your word's rubbed up against us and shown us those areas that need to be adjusted. Lord, I pray for one who might be sitting in this room right now who's, who doesn't have that personal relationship with you. They know all about you. They've been in Sunday school. They've been in vacation Bible school. They've attended church. They've heard sermons before. They've heard gospel songs before. They know about you. But they don't have that personal relationship with you. How I pray, God, that today's the day. That they understand that they're a sinner who cannot save themselves. And that Jesus is their only hope. And may today be the day that, Lord Jesus, they cry out to you. As Peter did when he was sinking in the Sea of Galilee. Lord, save me. And that today will be the day when that relationship is forged. Lord, I pray for that when it's keeping people at a distance. They've been hurt. They've been disillusioned. They've been trying to keep the church at a distance because they just don't want to go through that pain again. Lord, how I pray today they hear your voice as you call them back into that personal relationship with other believers. Lord, they, they need other believers just as other believers need them. And may today be the day, Lord, that they begin to reconcile with the church Lord help us not to be ashamed of our relationship with you and our relationship with each other but give us the boldness to proclaim it every opportunity that you give us that people may know that we know you and we are a part of your church Lord in these next few moments will you do what only you can do is our prayer in Jesus name Amen let's stand together as we sing together
0: Save your divine.
2: thank you again for being here today. God bless you. It's so good to see you. I want to ask for your forgiveness. I've got a very quick turnaround this afternoon for a funeral that I'm going to be involved in. And so I'm not going to go to the back uh, to greet you as you as you go out. Uh, So please forgive me for that. Uh, I I promise if you come back next Sunday, I'll shake your hand then. Is that good? All right. Uh, Until then, you know, go in peace kind of thing stay off the grass, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but thank you for again for being here today. God bless you. And thank you again for allowing me to be a part of you for these last 10 years. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be in your house today. And Lord, we, we do love you. And we, we thank you that you love us. We thank you, Lord, that you give us the opportunity to know you. And that you, Lord, want so desperately to know us, not just as a person that's been created in your image and, and living here on this planet, but Lord, uh, as, as a, a person who has a relationship with you, your disciple, and Lord, I pray for those that in this church that are hurting, those that are disillusioned, Lord, I pray that today will be a day of healing, that Lord, as you begin to use your words to speak to their hearts, that their souls will be healed, And their lives will be reunited with your church. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We ask you to dismiss us with your great love. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.